Hello, and welcome to episode 163 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always. With me today, in studio, I don't know, Brandon, you might not want to start making this a habit, bro. Hey. So, two in a row? Hey, what's up, Jeremy? My, 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 look how the tables have turned today. We got Rick. Ricardo's gone. He's MIA. So and, uh, I'm going to make sure to let him know right here on the podcast that, you know, you just can't be missing podcasts like this. Oh, man. He's uh, he's on a much, much deserved vacation in uh, San Diego with Aunt Gina. They're, oh, nice. Uh, they're down there. But it's like 80 degrees here in uh, beautiful western Washington, B. And it's, it's like, always nice here, dude. It's like 64 and, and cloudy. cloudy and uh Oh, man, the homie Art Renowitzki's calling right now. Art the inspiration. I'll have to call him back. Um, right during the podcast. I know, man. He must have known. The Live the Walk Again podcast, he getting calls from, from Art. Art man. the inspiration. This Plus, is, we're talking hoops today a little bit also. That's why I just I texted him about some hoop stuff, so that's probably why he, uh, he got back to me, but... Yeah, man. Um, we're gonna hopefully have him on because his, uh, you know, the Golden State Road Warriors won the uh, National Basketball Wheelchair League uh, championship this last year. So, uh, how many times? How many rings has he got? He's got rings, man. Man's about to be Phil Jackson yeah, over there. Yeah. So, um, shout out to Art. But yeah, man. Um, Brandon, can we just talk real quick? So, so yeah, Ricardo's out of town. Yeah. He's dealing with, you know, less than stellar weather in uh, San Diego. He's very upset. Uh, but, you know, we wish we wish him, hope he has the best best time. Yeah. But anyway, can we talk about what is uh, just all that they're talking about on the news right now and this little submarine tube? Sure. That went to go look at the Titanic. Yeah. Brandon, these rich white people need to stop, bro. <laughs> like what? No, like I'm not even, I'm not even joking, man. Like what? They went in a tube, bro, to the bottom of the ocean. Well, they're not the, the ocean, first ones to do this. But hold on. The whole thing is. I'm pretty sure James Cameron himself went down there. James Cameron's on some other shit, bro. Like he's that, You know what? There. The only way I'm getting in a tube is. Or like flying to space as if like Elon Musk is in the in the spaceship with me. That way I know this thing's silver plated. Like you got all yeah. you don't like. I heard this thing's rickety rackety. Got like a a Logitech joystick for. Yeah, <laughs> but no, Brandon. You so I'm like okay. What if these people just wanted to see the Titanic wreckage and that was like, you know, I I'm a billionaire. I've done everything. That's like, what they did. But you don't even. There's no windows. Brandon, you're watching it on a screen. Stop. I'm not even joking. You're not even like looking at no. it? No. No. You're, looking, you're just going you're, down underneath the water. And then seeing it on a screen. Bro, I can put some VR goggles on know, right now. I know. And see that. It's crazy, man. Yeah, then, I mean, you're going to fuck around and, and find out. Mother Nature wins, bro. And then this dude's stepson is just out here at Blink-182 concerts telling the world he's single. <laughs> Jesus. What's man. my age again? <laughs> anyway. I mean, yeah, man. The world's a wild place, man. And uh, rest in peace to those folks, man. Uh, unless but, they're bobbing on the surface somewhere and they just are they're, they're stranded not. at sea. Yeah, they're dusted, yeah. man. And this is this that sucks. My favorite thing, man, I've been tell I have some friends that are conspiracy theorists and I'm just like, oh, did you hear that that billionaire was working on a 
documentary film on the Clinton crime uh, family. Because <laughs> uh, that's like the number one yeah. go-to TikTok. They're always working on some documentary Chris about Cornell. Jeffrey Epstein coming out oh, yeah. with his with his plane list or something right. like that. Anthony Bourdain and Chris Cornell were working on a movie yep. together before they uh, before they got yeah. killed. They were they were about to expose Bill Gates. I'm guessing. Yeah. Or the Clintons, or I don't know, some, something. Anyway, uh, we digress. Yeah, we're, we do. We're, this, this is a spinal cord this, We're taking spinal. it back to the old ways of of going at the Live to Walk Again podcast, where this we just is, talk about absolutely nothing. Yeah, this is uh, this is a, a spinal cord injury podcast. Anyway, um, we do have a great, great guest today. I agree. Um, Von Pfeffer, who is out in uh, Boston, or the Boston area, I guess. Um yeah, man, he, he's a he, – the guy's got an incredible story, Brandon. Um, you know, gets engaged two weeks later, has a spinal stroke. I've never, mm. never even I, – I know that I, exists. I think I've heard of – I heard of somebody I'm, else. I'm actually that, still but, a little bit confused about it, man. So. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure how those went it, but um, has a spinal stroke at the gym while he's working out. Like, it, And it was a, a related to a heart episode that he had yeah he had uh his artery burst yeah so he you know they get him secured for, they get his heart squared away and then it's like the spinal cord injury is like an afterthought um but i mean just in, it, it's a, good, a crazy story yeah. man and then his father well you should save some yeah okay that. i'll i'm gonna let you guys listen i'm gonna let you guys let, let's get to it Real quick, and we will talk to you guys about Vaughn on the other side because uh, I thought this was a great interview. Absolutely. Um, please like, rate, review, share, all that good stuff. Helps with algorithms. Need some reviews. Holler at us. Thank you. Show some love. Talk to you on the other side. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, I am super excited to get to visit with Vaughn Pfeffer. Uh, he's an advocate, motivator, adaptive athlete, and a spinal cord injury survivor. Vaughn, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Really happy to be here, Jeremy. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to finally do this. Uh, y- you know, so for anybody that, that doesn't know you or doesn't, hasn't heard about your story, um, you know, how did you suffer a spinal cord injury? So um, I... It was right around New Year's of 2021. I was um, just on a regular day. You know, the story seems to kind of always start that way. Um, Went to the gym. Uh, This was the peak of COVID and I was working from home. So I went to the gym just on a quick lunch break, Um, did my warm up, got over to the weight floor, started doing a couple small exercises, nothing too intense at all. And, um, next thing I knew, I just kind of looked over to my right and looked over to my left, started looking at my arms and then I collapsed. I just fell off the weight bench that I was on. Um, immediately I was like, I can't move my legs. I can't move my legs. And then that's the last thing I remember. Um, so what ended up happening was, um, I lost blood to my spinal cord, suffered a spinal cord stroke. And here I am, um, just a little more than two years removed from that injury as a T5 paraplegic. Jeez, man. I, so I haven't, I haven't really talked to that many people that have had a spinal stroke. Like, like 
what i mean do they think like you had a uh like damage to that area of your spinal cord and then or to your back and then that caused it or like how do the how do those happen i guess so i actually suffered i i kind of left this out but um an aortic dissection which um mostly happens to men in their mid to late 60s um at the time i was 34 um and uh what that so what happened is basically my aorta ruptured which is the largest um artery um to your heart and um i just lost blood somehow in that in that trauma to my spinal cord um so i lost consciousness because of the aortic dissection um and luckily i was close enough to boston for them to rush me to mass general hospital they broke my entire sternum to get in there um, and repair the ruptured aorta i think that the spinal cord stroke was just kind of an afterthought it was really just like let's put this guy's heart back together um, make sure he lives and um, in that process I suffered the spinal cord stroke which to me it still seems a little bit off because I remember not being able to move my legs right away when I fell which was the last thing I remembered before I blacked out wow so that that's like a whole nother level man like your heart going out uh, while you, you know at the same time like what um so I'm yeah like like you mentioned that they like the 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 main focus is going to be to get your heart back in order you can't live without without your heart working so I mean what what kind of like how long were you I guess um you know unconscious for like when do you first remember waking up and and being like you know I, I can't move my legs still like what's going on yeah so the injury happened on a Tuesday uh right around lunchtime um and I woke up on Thursday and I had my hands tied to the hospital bed like as if I was under arrest or something um because they didn't want me any pulling on any of the wires mm -hmm. uh, but right away when I woke up I was like oh my god like where first of all where am I but also I still can't move my legs. That was like the first thing that I thought of when I woke up. So to answer your question, yeah, it was just uh, two days um, right in the height of COVID and um, pretty isolated. God, man. Yeah. I've talked to a few people that have either been injured right before were injured right before COVID or, or in the kind of in the middle of it. And it seems like, you know, when I got injured 25 years ago, like you're able to have like all the friends and family that want to come see you at any time in there. And, um, you know, I feel like that was such a huge part of my recovery, but like that had to have been just crazy, man, being, yeah, stuck in the hospital in the middle of COVID. And plus you're in a big city, you know, on top of it. So um, probably heightened, heightened uh, awareness for all that stuff as well. Um man that that is that's crazy so what um what did they do with um with getting you into rehab because obviously like you're trying to you know rehabilitate your heart too and like get get back to full strength so how how does the rehab process go for for the spinal cord injury at that point yeah um so the first six weeks i wasn't able to really do anything um they had me on sternal precautions um, I wasn't even allowed to lift my, put my hands over my head 
Um, if I was kind of uncomfortable in bed, they wouldn't let me use the handrails to, to move myself. Um, so the first six weeks was really sedentary. Um, and for me, that was really difficult because, you know, you're in the hospital, uh, the ICU, you're all alone. All you have is your phone. So you're looking up, you know, what is this? What is this spinal cord injury that I got? And everything you read is like, okay, you know, to maximize your return, you're going to want to get the ball rolling quickly, right? So exercise, do whatever you can as soon as possible. But for me, that just was not a possibility at all. Um, so the first six weeks was really just um, basically laying there, to be honest. They would do some type of um, electrical stimulation on my legs, stretch me out all kinds of, you know, the battery of tests that they run on people. Um, but it was a lot of just hanging out, um, doing some tilt table stuff. Um, and, and that was pretty much the majority of my rehab at the beginning. Wow, man. And so are they letting you like get out of bed at this point, or you're just kind of like turning from side to side to keep from getting pressure sores? Yeah, they were, they, they had me out of bed. Um, they would put me, uh, everything was done via the Hoyer lift. Um, they would put me on the tilt table. I would get into, uh, at that time I was only allowed to use an electric wheelchair, uh, or a power chair. Um, that I would still go down to the gym, but like everything was like super regulated. Um, they wouldn't let me lift anything at all, um, until the, the chest was healed. Wow. Okay. And so once, yeah, once those six weeks are up, then um, how long do you get in rehab? Cause I know like the, the back when I got injured, we, you know, they were, they would let you stay until, you know, basically until you tapped out on, on any kind of uh recovery, you know, until you're, you kind of plateaued. Um, you know, what was the, and I know it's like much shorter time periods that they're giving people now. So what, what was your rehab stay like? I mean, did they move you to a rehab hospital at that point? Yeah. So luckily, um, you know, just had the, had the, I was fortunate enough to, to be injured and, um, you know, they saved my life in Boston, which, you know, just happens to be one of the best medical cities probably in the entire world. Um, we have Spalding Rehab Center um, in Charlestown, which is a state-of-the-art building, um, you know, cutting-edge type of spinal cord injury recovery center. Um, and I was really fortunate enough to to get accepted over to Spalding, uh, where I spent uh, four months total. Um, I had a couple complications where I had to go back to Mass General for a second heart procedure. Um, and then I also developed a pressure sore when I was at Mass General, um, which, again, that was just probably the worst part of the entire journey um, was that pressure sore um, right above my uh, right under my lower back. And um, that kind of extended my stay at at Spalding. They wouldn't let me leave until that was kind of under control. Um, but I was there for four months and just kind of working my butt off the entire time. Oh, that that's incredible, man. Um, so 
transitioning out of the hospital kind of out of that bubble that that we all i, I mean i'm assuming that, that everybody kind of feels that like you have you know nurses on t- are there 24 7 like you if anything goes wrong you have you have a security blanket um you know what was the process like kind of transferring out of there and back into the real world i know you you you're from the boston area so probably a lot of older houses maybe not as as uh, accessible as, as some other newer places things like that um you know what what did you have to do like were you able to go back to your home did you have to move somewhere else um what, what was that process like for you yeah so um yeah the the house that i was living in um at the time was just completely inaccessible um real old structure uh right on the water in boston um so i had to move in um with my father um back to his house, which he lives in a uh, two-story house with a master bedroom on the second floor. Um, he installed a stair lift at the house. He redid the bathroom, um, gave me and my fiance uh, his room, and we actually bunked up. We ended up living with him for an entire year, um, which this was the first time that my fiance and I had even lived together because um, two weeks before my accident is when we got engaged. So um, really kind of went from a, a high of life to a, to a deep low pretty quickly there. Wow. Um, yeah, that, that's gotta be intense, man. Um, so, so having to see, so you, and you're having to move back at what, like 30, you said 35, 34 years I think it was old, 34, moving, 35. Yeah. Moving back with your dad. Um which, you know, I'm sure like on, on multiple levels probably doesn't feel great. You know, I mean, your, your whole world kind of gets turned upside down with these injuries. Um, what, uh, you know, like talk about like the family support though. I mean, that's, that's incredible that your dad would, um, you know, renovate his house and, and kind of give up his bedroom for, for you and your fiance to, to be able to have a place to stay until you can get, get things back in order. So, um, talk, yeah, talk about kind of the friend and family support that you had during like this transition time coming out of the hospital. Cause, like, obviously, you know, we talked about how they weren't really able to to be there a whole lot when you were in inpatient. So, oh man, I I could sit here for hours and just talk to you about the support that I've gotten from fr- family and friends. Um, you know, my fiance we've been together now for nine years. So at the time of my injury, I think it was right around seven, um, recently engaged. She stuck by my side the entire time. She came to the hospital just about every single day, even when she wasn't allowed inside, she would hang out outside, outside the window where I could see her, um, from the sixth floor. Um, my mother ended up moving from Texas to Boston just to be closer. Um, and my dad just, helped out tremendously um with the bathroom renovation the house renovation and everything and you know i'm really fortunate um to have a support system that i have i i I wouldn't have made it through without without these guys and my friends showed up and um really everyone helped out as much as they could and um if there was ever a time i was feeling down i could call any of my friends and you know just they would cheer me up or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I mean, the support, I can't say enough about it. And, um, you know, it it makes me 
sad to think about, you know, injuries happen to everyone. They, it, it doesn't, um, you know, it, it doesn't just happen to fortunate people. And it makes me sad to think that there's people out there that, you know, go through this and don't have the family and the support. And, um, you know, I just want to do whatever I can down the road just to pay it forward and pay it back. And, um, you know, that's kind of why I started my page was to inspire, motivate, um, build a community, um, and hopefully be a resource for people to reach out if they ever need anything. Yeah, no, that that's incredible. And yeah, I didn't mean to make. I think I made it sound like your your friends and family weren't there when you were in the in, in, inpatient hospital. But I know, like, I'm sure there were just restrictions on how much people could be there, and for you know how many people, things like that. So yeah, exactly. They would have been in the room as much as they could have, but there were tons of limitations, and you know, one visitor per day, which was weird. It wasn't even at a time. It was just you get one visitor per day for two hours. <clears throat> um but you know they showed up they really showed up yeah that's great that's great uh you know i know that um from looking at your your instagram page and you said you're not quite as um you know you don't you're not you're not on there quite as much as you used to be but i know you you know you're kind of documenting your recovery and kind of like working out at the gym or at the different uh rehab facilities things like that um you know, what kind of motivated you to start documenting that? And then, um, you know, is it hard to open up and kind of be vulnerable? Like after, after being an able-bodied, you know, person that was that tough for you to, to kind of do at that point? Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, it was more so my fiance's idea. Um, she wanted to start a page together um, just for the reasons that I expressed earlier, it was really just to, to motivate and inspire, um, and to help others that were going through it. Because I remember laying in bed at, at Spalding for those first few months and, um, you know, thinking like, oh, that's like really it. Like that's the end of, end of life as I know it. And then I would come across people's pages and it would just make me smile or <clears throat> kind of give me a, uh, just a, uh, a a different perspective to look at and to see these people that, you know, life with a spinal cord injury, it's different. There's no doubt about it, but it's not over. You know, it's, it's really, um, there's people out there doing great things. And um, we started just kind of documenting some of the recovery stuff that we were doing. Um, and it turned out, you know, people would tell me that, my page inspires them. Able-bodied people would tell me that my page inspires them. Um, and in turn, that just kind of inspired me and motivated me to, to keep going. It was kind of a funny effect that it had. Um, and, you know, I, I've always been an athlete. I've, I played four sports in high school. Um, I continued playing. I was playing adult league basketball um, basically up until the start of COVID. Um, so I feel like I had a pretty good base going um which really helped in my recovery to just kind of keep me um motivated competitive um and and just do whatever i could just to kind of kick this in the butt um so yeah we we just started kind of filming um what we were doing and um you know i started taking on more and more um therapy sessions i was doing outpatient at spalding 
which was more just the uh, wheelchair skills. So Florida, Florida chair transfers, sidewalk stuff, um, curbs, which I'm still absolutely terrible at. Um, but it was, it was more so just that kind of stuff. And, you know, I wanted to really try to recover and, and walk again and, and play sports again. So I took on a, uh, I, I started going to project walk up in New Hampshire, which was a long drive, but, but worth it for the exercise and the activity. Um, and then I joined journey forward, um, which is in Canton mass, which is just an incredible facility with people who really care. Um, the therapists there are, are really um, bought in and they push you and motivate you um, to work hard. And um, a lot of my, a lot of my footage is from uh, journey forward and, and those working with those guys and um, just doing whatever I could to, to stay in shape. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. I was actually going to ask about journey forward. And then I, I also saw on your Instagram page, it, uh, through the MW fund that you were able to get like a $10,000 grant to continue working with, um, the folks there at, at journey forward. Like what, um, I guess how I will talk about the MW fund and like what that is. Um, just so if anybody, cause I, I had never heard of it prior to, to seeing that on your page so that it sounds like a very cool um, oh. organization and, and uh, they're really helping, helping folks yeah. out. So. Oh, they're doing, they're doing great things. So uh, MW is Matt Weatherby. Um, he was injured uh, probably about 10 years ago playing basketball um, in the Boston area. He went up for just a routine layup I think he got bumped and then ended up sliding into the wall um, behind the basket and um, injured himself at the sea level. Um, and he, you know, he, he being a, an athlete and wanting to stay fit, he, he started working out a journey forward himself, um, did a lot of great work there and um, started out of his own foundation. So it's the Matt Weatherby foundation Um and they're based in Boston, but he actually lives in Louisville now. Um, and a lot of their grants are for Journey Forward, but they've expanded um, out into uh, a national organization. So they support people who are injured with spinal cord injuries um, all around the, the country who are looking to continue their rehab at you know out-of-pocket facilities, which unfortunately so many of these are. Um, right. so I definitely encourage people to look for, uh, grants from, you know, Matt Weatherby foundation. I've received, uh, a recent grant for, um, a bathroom renovation from the Thomas E. Smith foundation. I nice. just got a, uh, a grant for a, a sports chair from Kelly brush foundation. Like there's, you, you just got to do a little bit of research and, um, just kind of see what organ what foundations are out there that that are willing to help and um, kind of make your a compelling case for yourself and and you'll be surprised at you know what you what you might find. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That that's incredible. Um, and yeah, so are you still working out with the the folks at Journey Forward then? Uh, I am still enrolled there. Um, I recently went back to work in April of this year. So it's been just about two months now. Um, so I had to cut back a little bit. Um, but I'm going to get back in the gym once my schedule kind of, um, flattens out a little bit. 
Um, I'm excited to get back in there um, and uh, just kind of give it a go. You know, it's been two months without working out there. I'm just <clears throat> honestly really excited to to go back and just kind of see where I am now. I feel like I've gotten stronger and and I'm ready to push myself again. Oh, that that's great, man. And well, what are you uh, what are you doing these days? Also, you said you went back to work recently. Yeah, so I'm back to work. Uh, my fiance and I, we bought a place um, actually not far from Journey Forward in Canton, Mass. Um, spending a lot of time with family. Um, actually ha had a pretty wild um, event happen um, back in March, right before I was starting work. Um, that I hope you don't mind if I touch on real quick, but, um, no, no, I wanted to touch on this too. So yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. So, um, my father who helped me out so much, um, during my injury and the early stages of rehab and, and getting back on my feet and really helping me out, um, actually suffered a spinal cord injury himself, um, back in March. So, as you can imagine, um, a lot of my time has been spent just kind of um, being a um, resource for him, being a mentor, a coach, um, a motivator, um, as much as I can, just to kind of pay back what he what he did for me and for my fiance. And um, yeah, it's, it's just really a full circle. So the house that he renovated and, and made those those adjustments to ended up really helping him out now so um yeah oh, man what are the odds like that it this is i tried to look him up i tried to look him up and it's it's like i think the odds of a spinal cord injury happening are like one in two hundred thousand and you know the odds of of an injury happening to somebody in your immediate family as well that's probably one in two, 200,000 times one in 200,000, which is something crazy. Yeah. Um, but like millions and million, one in a, like tens of millions, in, probably. Ten, yeah. yeah. 10 million. But this is actually even more wild is what are the odds of going through a spinal cord injury? You're somebody in your immediate family going through a spinal cord injury and then your both of your discharge dates are May seventeenth, two years apart from Spalding. Jeez, man, <clears throat> that's wild. That is wild. Are you familiar with um, Ashley and Nikki Lorenz? Um, I am. I, I've seen them on on the gram. Um, I know yeah. that they they were injured in a car accident. I believe. Yeah, yeah, they're very cool. I've had them on the podcast, but it's like, you know, you know, the same thing, like two sisters injured you know like what what are the odds man it's just it's insane like like we were talking a little bit before we start i mean life is just so precious and you just don't sometimes you just don't realize it and i mean you know thank god your dad's okay how how was he actually injured so he was uh he was picking my mom my stepmother up from uh chemo treatment um so they were driving home from uh, the Brigham, which is in Boston. It's a, it's a beautiful hospital in Boston, um, with the Dana Farber cancer center. Um, so they were another routine day, right? We all go through this. It starts off normal, picked her up, 
Um, they were driving back home um, to uh, just the next town over where they live in, and uh, they were stopped at a red light. And unfortunately, a bus driver uh, did not see the red light, did not see them, and um, hit them. And uh, so it was a car accident and um, completely unexpected. How that man, how is he doing? Like, I mean, I guess, you know, you gotta, um, the, the other thing with that, um, like having somebody else in your immediate family suffer a spinal cord injury and like, he's already seen like everything that you had to go through. Right. And all the, mm-hmm. all the, uh, rehabilitation and, and kind of the ups and downs. So what, where are his like mentals at right now? Like, how's he doing? Um, yeah, I mean, talk talk a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I could. Uh, I'm really happy to tell you right now. I'm so proud of him. Um, he's, you know, I'm sure there's things that we don't see that he he goes through those moments that we all do. Um, but overall, like he is absolutely crushing it. Um, he's got a great attitude, um, and you know it. It is really difficult to go through it at that age. You know, he's in his 70s, um, so it's it's a lot different than somebody in their mid-30s going through the accident, which, um, you know, I've, I've told him dozens of times, like, I know it's different. I know it's harder. I know it's harder for you, um, but, you know, he, he's doing amazing. And um, he, since my injury, he and my mom have been part of a uh, support group here that meets on zoom, uh, once a week. So, you know, he's, he's been fully in tune with, with the spinal cord injury game before it even happened. And, um, those same folks have been extremely supportive for him. And, um, he's just the type of guy that you would really do anything for. Cause, um, he, he's just been there for everyone else. So, um, kind of a long answer, but, but to answer your question, like he's, he's doing great and I'm so proud of him. Oh man, that's incredible. We'll definitely pass, uh, pass our best on to him. Uh, if he ever needs anything, maybe we could chat on the, on the podcast one of these days and get both of you guys on or something. That would be, you know, once he's, uh, kind of acclimated and everything, but man, yeah, definitely pass our best over to him and, and hope he has a speedy recovery and thank you. Yeah, yeah no, I think that would be fun to get us, get us both on here. That would be interesting to say yeah. the least. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Vaughn, I was wondering, man, I saw, so I saw a video on your, uh, on your Instagram from a, a week or two ago of you, uh, in, I guess one of the athletic chairs, uh, playing basketball I called yourself chair Jordan. I really uh-huh. like, like that. That's a good, uh, that's a good, uh, good little trash talk there. Um, you know, but I also saw that you, you've done some golfing. Um, I've had a couple guys on that have, been into the golf and um with the the chair that kind of makes it so you can kind of prop yourself up and hit the ball which is cool and then I also look like you were in a, a road racing bike um you know like how what what all adaptive sports have you tried since since your injury and you know what I guess what's your favorite that you've gotten to to experience so far uh, there's, there's a lot and, and there's, there's plenty that you could do. Um, I was surprised at, at what I was able to do. I think, um, so I've done the, I have a, uh, hand cycle. Um, I 
been playing a lot of basketball, uh, wheelchair basketball. Um, I did try the adaptive golf. Wasn't quite for me. Um, and I've done kayaking with my fiance and, um, yeah, just tons of working out even on my own. Um, you know, at a small gym, um, and I think, I think definitely basketball would be my favorite. Um, it was my favorite sport growing up. It's what I played. It's what I watch all the time. Um, and you know, the game changes a little bit, but it's still, it's still basketball. And, uh, you know, you can go out there, you can compete, you could trash talk, um, be part of a team. And, um, it, it's just really nice to kind of find joy in, in things that you found joy in before. Um, and if there's any newly injured people listening, um, you know, I, one thing I'll tell you, the first thing I would say is it's going to get better. It's going to get a lot better. Um, and there's a ton of things you could do. Um, so don't ever give up. Don't ever feel hopeless. Um, you know, your circumstances have changed, but you, you have not changed. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice, man, for sure. For sure. So being in, in, uh, being a basketball fan and being from Boston, I'm assuming you're a Celtics fan. So I actually grew up in San Diego. I'm a, oh, I'm a West Coaster okay. like you are. Okay. Um, so I've been, I, I went to UMass out of high school. So, um, I've been out here now on the East coast for just about 20 years. Um, I have moved over to the Celtics. I used to be a, a Laker fan, Kobe, um, you know, even as far as like back as like Nick Van Exel and um, Shaq, all those guys. But hmm. uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm a big Celtics guy now. But my my number one player is LeBron. Um, I hope that doesn't ruffle anyone's feathers. But um, that's my guy. No, I hear you, man. I hear you. I'm just waiting for Seattle to get the Sonics back, man. I'm hoping that's sweet. Good. You guys deserve Can't it. Wait. Can't you guys wait, deserve man. It. Yeah, we're we're waiting anxiously over here. So yeah, hopefully yeah. hopefully not too much longer. But um, well, yeah, man. And then um, I wanted to ask. Um, I was gonna a- ask. I wasn't sure when your injury actually happened, so I was uh gonna ask if your fian- I didn't know if you and your fiance were now married or if it was you guys are just still uh, engaged. And I was gonna ask if that was the same person you were with before your injury. So I'm assuming that 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 it is still the same. Yep. Same woman. And she's uh we could have an entire episode on her and which what she's done for me. Um and and how much how blessed I am, honestly, to to be with her. Um so we got engaged two weeks before my injury. She stuck by my side. Um, you know, she had dinner with my family when I was in the ICU and she told them she said, I'm not going anywhere, and she hasn't. And um Uh, I'm just extremely lucky to have her in my corner. Uh, We're still engaged. Uh, We're, we're looking at a wedding sometime in 2024. Um, She's from Brazil. So um, it's just a lot of uh, logistics to get her dad and, and one of her brothers up here and, and uh, figure out if we're going to do, you know, the wedding here and a honeymoon down there or what we're going to do, but um, we're in the planning stages and um, just like everything else, we kind of go at our own speed and, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just extremely lucky, lucky to have her. Wow. That's, that's so cool, man. Um, congratulations on that. And, uh, and, and uh, on the eventual wedding, I know last, last week I had, uh, 
a young guy named Drew Ploche on from from down in Louisiana, and we uh we were like my co-hosts were like, oh, he's like his fiance, and I'm like, I think it's just his girlfriend. And then like both uh, his girlfriend uh, was like, yeah, you know, in the comments was like, yeah, fiance sounds better. Keep the pressure on or whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I wasn't trying to put this yeah. guy on blast. But so no, I like listening to Drew. I like listening to Drew. And uh, he was yeah. a tough, tough act to follow. So oh, he's yeah, he was a good guy. Oh, man, this is great. Like the thing is, Vaughn, in the, with these conversations I have with people, it's like that you guys are everybody's got an incredible story, man. It's a. You know, they're all different. They're all, you know, have their ups and downs and, you know, they're, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's always fun to, to get to, to meet new people and, and have these conversations. And I, I think, I, I hope anyway that it, it, you know, when people who are newly injured hear stuff like this, it, it can, you know, you can find some kind of motivation from it. So. No, absolutely. And I think, I think that's like, spot on like i wish i had known about this podcast when i was in the in the bed in the in the hospital and i could hear everyone's perspective and and just kind of tell myself okay like so and so is from louisiana so and so is from chicago so and so is from washington blah 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 like this happens to people and it's going to be okay and um what you guys are doing is is just really shedding that light and giving people the platform to tell their own stories, which are all so different and nobody's is better than anybody else's and nobody's is worse. It's just, we're all in this. It's like a brother and sisterhood. And, um, you know, we just have to be there to support each other because life is hard enough without the injury and, and let's just, you know, shed light and give people their flowers and, and, uh, you know, just support each other. Yeah, man, I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, uh, yeah, Vaughn, why don't you give everybody your your kind of social media links? I don't know if you're just on Instagram or what, but yeah, give give us your uh your socials and where people can can reach out and 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 connect with you. Sure, yeah, no, my uh my Instagram handle is um at life underscore got underscore wheel. Uh, little wordplay off life got real, but um. Yeah, if you're if you're ever if you're listening to this podcast and you have ever have any questions or um, any concerns or just want to talk, please please hit me up. I'm an open book. Um, I'd love to meet you and um, share my story a little bit more and um, just be there. So, anyone's listening that wants to to follow me or whatever, just please do. I, I'm I'm a friendly guy. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, man. Definitely, you know, reach out to Vaughn, everybody. And um, yeah, Vaughn, thank you so much, man. Let's definitely do this again. Maybe we could, um, you know, in a little ways down the road, me and your dad could hop on together and, and, uh, and do an episode or something. Sounds good, Jeremy. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. All right. All right. That was Vaughn Pfeffer. Um, I just had a really good time talking to him, man. Like, uh, it was, yeah, we just, yeah, it was he, a good conversation. Like we, we chatted about basketball, we tell you know, sports, like kind of got it all in there. So, yeah, I mean, anytime you're going to bring a, a basketball fan on this podcast, it's going to be yeah. in my top five. Right, right. Um, and you know, chair Jordan, definitely going to be chair up there Jordan. for me, but, but, but really though, um, the words that, that he brought to, 
to give you, Jeremy, your flowers for the podcast yeah. were really cool. Great. And to think that maybe, like, I never really thought about that. Like, now we're at a point where maybe somebody could hear this if they do get injured. And that can be inspirational for them to understand that there's other people in the situation and, right. you know, um, obviously – and hear their stories of how they overcame a lot of adversity and like he said man there's life is gonna be okay and we're gonna you're gonna have all the things you could do you can still have all of it you just have to you have to keep your head up yeah i mean um you know vaughn the situation with his father man like i honestly wasn't expecting that i mean you must already knew this he, he you told listening? me right. He told me right before we start. So I did not know. <coughs> like I was, I was still kind of blown away. Like he had just Dang. told me right before we started. Oh my gosh, recording. man! That so shit I'm had like, me like, I was. Gotta be kidding me! I was man. a little bit taken aback by that, and I wasn't really ready for that. Not gonna lie. Right, like it's just yeah, like like I said, because it, you, we were going through all the things that his dad did for him. Right, and then for it to like flip, right. and for this shit to happen to him also. It's crazy. Well, and that's the thing, man. Uh, yeah, like your dad like did all these renovations to your house or to his house so that you got you and your fiance could move in, and then, boom, like just like that, man. You're it, it's the whole the roles are reversed. But then, I'm yeah. I I, I would I you know I I did mention in the podcast I like to have him and his dad on the show sometime. Like once his dad is kind of situated and and you know kind of going through figures things figures thing out, things yeah. out but yeah i'm curious as, as to how much having gone with his son through this situation you know a few years ago compared to him going through it now like what you know what how like. they can kind of draw inspiration or draw you know like whatever some kind of strength from that <sighs> jay i don't I don't know, bro. I mean, I, I'm sure there's a lot of logistical stuff that's nice, but I don't know if anybody can be prepared mentally for this, man. Yeah. I really I really don't. Yeah, it's different, you know, when it happens at the same time, like like uh, Ashley and Nikki, it's yeah. one thing. But yeah, yeah, because well, you have somebody you're going through it with at the same time, right. maybe uh, certainly would be helpful. I mean, any yeah. type of support's helpful, so... Yeah, um, but that's that's uh, it's an unthinkable. I, I won't say it's uh, unbelievable, man, because uh, a, a very inspirational speaker that I've been listening to said um, we shouldn't say that anymore because if it was unbelievable, then it wouldn't have happened. So it happened. We got to acknowledge that, right? We got to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's believable. It did happen, but it it is it's unimaginable to think about how you'd have to go through that with your son and then for your son to essentially become the reverse role in this scenario and he's doing a fucking awesome job at that also by the way um and the way that he's supporting his dad now right yeah i mean i i couldn't even believe when you told me that it just sounded i mean yeah like you said though like Obviously, it's not unbelievable because it happens. So, yeah. so it's, you got to um, believe it because that shit's real. 
yeah, it's just, what are the odds of something like that, man? It's, it's crazy, but, um, you know, like, it sounds like he's, you know, he said that his dad's really kicking butt and, and kind of get, you know, he's got his mind right and seems to be doing well, um, in this situation, which is, you know, all you can ask for really. Um, and yeah, thank God Vaughn's there, you know, to help his dad and, and kind of, you know, be a, be a sounding board or whatnot for him. So Salute, salute to Vaughn. Um, yeah, his fiance sticking with him. Throughout. I mean, I just love that. Man, there's really nothing more that warms my heart than, than like a real love, bro. Because it's not mm-hmm. superficial. It's not physical. It's like you really love that person for who they are, regardless of their situation. Exactly. And don't tell me that that everybody could do that because that's not true. Right. It's not. No. <laughs> Not everyone yeah. will stick that type of shit out, or not everybody loves their partner enough to become their caregiver and their, you know, mm-hmm. not being able to do certain things with them. Right. So no, I mean it's it's, it's, it's a fucking cool story, man. About it's, that, I really, I really just think the world of of that lady for that. I don't whatever her, I can't remember her name right now, but I don't know if he said her name or not. Know. So um, I'm not putting it out there, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's amazing. Dope. Like, yeah, it's, it's an amazing story. Um, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping to talk to Vaughn again, uh, in the not too distant future with, uh, with his, with his dad. And, uh, I think that would be an interesting podcast and interesting story for people to hear. So, um, yeah, thanks again to Vaughn. I mean, that was yeah. I I really enjoyed that one. I know you when you came in, Brandon. You said it was one of the better ones you've heard in a while. So, yeah, I think I mean we've had a lot of cool stories on here, and it wasn't necessarily it was just the perspective that he was bringing, man, of gratitude and um, and you know letting you know what the podcast podcast is doing for people. Um, yeah, in the spinal lot. cord community, the, the family that you know, the kind of that uh, metaphor that he was using for the, the community of spinal cord injury victims, mm-hmm. um, or people that suffer from it. Um, that was cool. No, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the conversation. I think and, I hope everybody got something out of that. And so. he brought up Nick Man Exel, man, which was a good pull. <laughs> And honestly, like one of the the really the dudes, man, that I despised the most out of all my time watching the Lakers versus the Sonics. Yeah, that's true, man. Oh god, Nick Van Exel was a Sonic killer, man. I can't wait. Just, till we, I can't wait till we get the Sonics back, Brandon. Yeah, I really can't. Maybe some Eddie but Jones. Eddie Jones. Cedric Sabalos, man. Wasn't it Eddie Jones the one that got traded for Kobe? Right. Uh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. To Charlotte. Yeah, for the sixteenth pick. Man. Well, it's crazy to think Kobe was the sixteenth pick. First of all, yeah, that is crazy. But anyway, rest in peace. Yeah, rip Kobe, man. But uh, yeah, all that, right. that real quick, man. That oh, yeah, whenever yeah. it becomes Father's Day, and I'm on Instagram, whenever I, I think this is like what the second or third Father's Day since Kobe died. Mm-hmm. Like to see Vanessa's like post about him is always. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's a lot, but you know, rest in peace to him and his daughter. And anyway, um, yeah, we will be back next week uh, with another great guest. This one's like something else, man. It's a it's, it's, you could say it's something out of a movie, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, so 
Anyway, thank you again to Vaughn Pfeffer. We really appreciate him, and uh, we'll be back next week. I think Ricardo will be back at that point. Hopefully Brandon's here. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Might be. We'll see. Uh, Please like, rate, review, and share. We appreciate all your support, and we will talk to you next week. All right, Jay.